Welcome to the Crypto Podcast. You can find all our episodes on thecryptopodcast.org. We're also on BitChute and YouTube. You'll find the links in the podcast description. I also have four other podcasts with four getting to the top half percent. And this one I'm currently at the top 5%. So I want you to give me a five-star rating and a review to get me up further because it all helps. I'm also a podcasting coach. You'll find everything on bio.link forward slash podcaster. This episode is one I'm looking forward to because I love NFTs because I'm getting involved in it myself. Please welcome Shadow. Hey guys, thanks for having me. Welcome to the show. I hope you guys enjoy it. We're going to have a great time. We're going to talk about NFTs, music, and all other sorts of cryptocurrency entertainment. Exactly. So I'd like, I suppose, first of all, you might let the listeners know who Shadow. Okay. So Shadow is me. I am Shadow. I am a saxophonist, music artist, and NFT creator from Dallas, Texas. Been here, born and raised, been a couple of places around the world, classically trained on saxophone, been doing music over 20 years, got into cryptocurrency back in about 2016, found out about NFTs. I am the first artist, this is something that I haven't told anybody on on a, a podcast show, but sometimes I just I just need to tell people I am the very first music artist to come out with a song called Bitcoin Billionaire. That's me. I'm the first one. I don't care what nobody tell you. Me. And and I've heard it, and it's got a fantastic chorus. It's actually a very good song. Yes. I mean, I'm so glad you heard it, man. Saxophone was done by me. All our vocals was done by me. The uh the production was done by a music producer called Trey Eight. Fabulous song. We're the first ones out there to do it. And I just, like you said, if you don't tell people, they won't know. So we got to let people know. We're the first. Excellent, excellent. We're definitely going to delve into a lot on the crypto and NFTs. But I have to ask, because there'll be a lot of musicians will listen to this episode. What made you pick up the saxophone? Oh, man. So... That goes back into my childhood. So back when I was really young, I used to uh, watch my parents listen to these vinyl records. Uh, You know, Ronnie Laws was one of the big inspirations that my dad used to listen to all the time. So he's a he was a well-known saxophonist back in the 70s and 80s. And so as a kid, I used to just hear my parents play those records all the time and when they weren't fighting, when they were happy, they were listening to jazz records. And it was saxophone specifically that he really liked. So as a kid, the first thing in my mind was, okay, I like if this brings joy into people's lives, I need to look into doing this because I want to bring joy into people's lives. And I like it when my parents are not fighting. I like them when they're that way. So maybe if I pick up this saxophone, this will help out. So that was the first thought. Brilliant. And then pretty much the rest is history after that. Oh, excellent, excellent. So I suppose let's talk, before we go into the NFTs, let's talk about your crypto journey, because I presume you understood crypto before getting into the NFTs. Absolutely. So my very first crypto journey, like when I first got involved in the crypto, like you're going to laugh, but it was with 
Connect. It was a guy named I miss you to be in my song, Craig Grant. Craig Grant, he was um he was a guy that was that that was telling everybody about uh BitConnect. And part of his on rep was he made you take a quiz. So you had to go do research on what is cryptocurrency? What is Bitcoin? What is a uh you know what is a Bitcoin ATM? He asked you all these questions that you needed to know the answers for before he would accept you into his group. And so I saw the investment opportunities and I was like, oh, this makes sense. And it's digital money. And at the time I was really fed up with the banking system. I still am. The banking system made a bunch of crooks. Absolutely. So, absolutely. So I was hollering at Craig Grant and he was like, okay, you have to learn what all these things are. He's like, how can you, how can you transfer fiat to crypto? How can you vice versa transfer crypto back to fiat? Where are the places that you can get cryptocurrency? You, you know, like I mentioned before, Bitcoin ATM or somebody like uh, that sold local Bitcoins where you can meet them in exchange in real time for cash or you have to go to a cryptocurrency exchange or, or uh, you have to be a Bitcoin miner. I had to learn what Bitcoin mining was and just cryptocurrency mining, proof of work versus proof of stake. I had to he drilled all those fundamentals in all of us first before he let us get into BitConnect with him. And that really kind of catapulted me into understanding the, the fundamentals of how cryptocurrency works. And then from there, the rest is history. I saw the opportunity and I mean, I was like, what, back in 2016 when I got into BitConnect? And then 2017, I did the song Bitcoin Billionaire right after that. And then I was I was kicking myself. I was I was like, man, Bitcoin came out in 2008 or 2009. Uh, you know, Satoshi Nakamoto. So, okay, if I would have known about Bitcoin back in 2008, 2009, I would literally be a billionaire right now. I would, cause I would have jumped on it. I would have hopped on it. I was kicking myself. I think somebody was like bitching like. I, I go back into my memory thinking about 2009 and I was trying to learn about real estate back then. And somebody briefly mentioned cryptocurrency. I was like, ah, whatever. But I should have listened to him. I would have been a billionaire right now in real time. So that's how I got into cryptocurrency. Oh, excellent. And with um, the wallet then, which uh, wallet do you recommend because there's so many different ones i know in the states there's kind of transfer and stuff like that and ledger which which ones do you actually think are better well i've been i've been a fan of exodus wallet since the beginning i like exodus wallet because it's a good it's a good hardware wallet i have one i used to have one on my phone uh but the main uh, wallet that i have that's exodus is on my laptop I love it. It easily act. It, it can connect to Ledger, or uh, uh, if you got a Trezor, it's so secure. And all I like how they give you all your private keys right there for each cryptocurrency. There's nothing 
you know, no funny business, you know. And it's just a bulletproof wallet. And it's multi, it's multi-currency. So I never have to worry about downloading a whole bunch of other wallets. And I like how they update frequently every time there's a new cryptocurrency that comes out that's relevant. It's not a, a shit coin. <laughs> it's not a shit coin. They'll add it to the list. And I like the functionality. You can easily delist and list cryptocurrencies at will. The ones you want to just take off, you can do that. I love the the integrations that they do with the staking. They just always stay ahead. They always stay up to date. And the crypto is safe there. I've invested in cryptos, like stuff I got back in 2018 is still there. And then when there's a, a update or they migrate to a different one, for instance, there was one called First Blood. They transferred to, a, to one called Dawn or something like that. I was late to, to do the migration, but I still got some of the liquidity out, some of the liquidity out. But I would have totally missed it if Exodus Wallet didn't give me the update in the wallet to say, hey, these guys updated and they migrated. And then even though I missed some of the migration, all my coins, all my tokens are still safe there. I still have them. So I love Exodus Wallet. Yeah, excellent. Yeah, no, I uh, haven't come across that one, so I must check that one out. And with the mining then, have you done any mining or touched on it? Uh, I've touched on it a little bit. I've tried, um, uh, I've tried like CryptoTab, which is like it uses your, your hard drive on your computer, but actual Bitcoin mining or Ethereum mining with actual hardware, I have not done because my nomadic nature, I'm jumping around, I'm real mobile. I haven't got to a point where I'm kind of like set in one place. I want to get like a house in the countryside and, you know, a few hectares or acres of land where I could put like an outhouse out there. And once I get to that point, I'll put a, I want to do like a, a solar powered Bitcoin mining farm in a shed. I'm going to get around to that eventually, but I totally understand the, um, the, uh, the upside to mining. And I don't think that it's hurting the environment like a lot of people are saying now. Like a lot of people are telling us that, hey, you know, it's you need to be carbon neutral. You, you know, it, it, it burns up too much energy to mine Bitcoin. And I think that's a, a psyop. That's a trick by the bureaucrats to, to make things more centralized mm-hmm. because Miners guarantee the decentralized nature of cryptocurrency. When you move everything to just proof of stake, now it's not really decentralized anymore. It's centralized because the proof of stake is based on people voting on different blocks, and you can control that. So now you got BlackRock and Citadel and all these big institutional uh, organizations bustling in trying to take over the crypto to where they have 99% of it and the rest of the world only has 1%. We just did that with fiat. We don't want to do that with crypto. Absolutely, absolutely. And And anytime the government tells you to do something, do the opposite and you're safer. Exactly. 
So with the NFTs then, because like I've I've mentioned it before, but you're the first person that's actually have done it come on the show regarding the music, because I know the likes of Spotify and a lot of them, they shaft the artist. You know, it's like because they're so big, you know, they have to pay the big boys because, you know, like the, the superstars, because they, you know, they can't get away with that. But everybody else, they get pittance. And the, the NFTs is a way of overcoming that. Absolutely. I tell people all the time, I, I'm becoming like an NFT, a music NFT evangelist because I tell indie artists all the time, this is the way out. This is the way out. If you, especially if you already have a loyal fan base, they're going to buy your stuff. And so this is the scenario, just like you said with Spotify, let's talk about it. So with the NFTs, there are platforms available now. One of them is called DNS.XYZ. You can put your NFTs up there. People can buy them and they can stream them the same way they do on Spotify. But the difference is you can put your NFT music up for sale for, uh, I sold them for like five, the equivalent of five or $6 for one single, uh, like all the time. You can do auctions for, for limited edition copies of your songs. But, but back to the Spotify conversation. So let me tell you, with Spotify, I get the streams, right? I'm a music artist. I worked hard. I promoted. I put my stuff out there. I got, uh, you know, 10,000 streams or 20,000 streams or whatever, right? So I did all that work. So let's say today I get my 10,000 streams. I have to wait two to three months to receive payment for those streams. And that's only after Spotify takes their cut. Apple Music take their cut, and then finally, or or or, or any other of the streaming services, and when it finally gets back to your your DSP, which is distribution service provider, for instance, an example of a distribution service provider is TuneCore or uh, CD Baby or uh, what's another one that's popular, DistroKid. So they take their cut out of your money. And then after everybody's taking their cut, so they get, they act as like the the agency that collects from all the different platforms, is it? That the Spotify and the iTunes and all that, and then they take another cut. So basically, you get the crumbs on the table. I get the crumbs on the table. We get the crumbs on the table as music artists, but with NFTs, you get uh, first of all when you make a sale when somebody buys your music, you get the money immediately <laughs> once the once the transaction confirms however many times it confirms boom it's in your wallet you're happy your fan your customer is happy they got what they wanted you get what you wanted and the only middleman is the the transaction fees that are involved so it's it's so much better it is so much better. So, I mean, and the, the money, the potential to become financially independent is so much higher, and it can happen faster. Here's a story. So I, I did a collaboration with two other music artists on 
a cryptocurrency called Tezos, right? We did this on the Tezos blockchain. There's a NFT marketplace called Object. So they allow you to collaborate easily so you can, you can tailor make your own smart contract just by pointing and clicking and dragging and dropping. So we're able to take three guys and put all three of our wallets together into one smart contract so that when the person buys the music, it automatically splits three ways and we all three get our piece of the pie. So that being one guy, he goes and records his stuff. I recorded my stuff. The third guy recorded his stuff. He was a dancer, so he recorded a, a video music. like a, He's a b-boy, hip-hop dancer. So he recorded video. So we all took everything we did. We put it together. It made one song. We didn't make a million copies or a thousand copies, only one copy. We put it on auction. And in three days, the auction went up and sold for 400 Tezos, which is the equivalent of about $600 US. One time. That was huge. I've never been paid that much money that fast from Spotify. All in one lot. I mean, they 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 trickle it like ten dollars here, twenty dollars here. Maybe you get a hundred dollars there. You know, it's it's going up, but I'm having to wait. But with the NFTs, you don't wait. It's as fast as the blockchain. It's actually fantastic that you can know do like you said the three artists that uh, you can split it immediately because before you couldn't do that and it was a problem because what happens now in this space you've people slimy business people going out reaching out to musicians artists photographers or whatever and saying oh i'll give you x percent but once it takes off they won't pay them or else they'll you know they'll hide it whereas this way if you make an agreement with somebody and go hey look we'll do something together it's a 50 50 split as soon as it's sold, it goes. And then later, I assume the smart contract continues on into the royalties so that once it's resold, say, usually it's like 10% that you share. And I love that. It's a, like that's a passive income. That's the way I see that. Because like you've done the work, you've sold it out. You've got your, you know, passionate followers who one will want to keep it, but then there'll be a few of them that'll be kind of, perhaps they go, I kind of, you know, I've run the ring with this song. I'll get another one and sell it on. They can get their money and then you get your 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 10% and it's it's a beautiful model. I love it. Oh, yes. The royalties are awesome. <laughs> it is automatic. You don't have to guess. The smart contract and the blockchain takes care of that. <laughs> it's awesome. I love it. So I which, love it. Which because I like I've looked at a lot of the different ones, right? I've looked at it, obviously OpenSea, and there's there's so many different ones. I've had one of the guests on, and this is just something that kind of concerns me because I wasn't aware of it. Basically, I assumed when you're buying the NFT that that's what's actually being sold to you, whether it's the music or whatever, but it's not. It's actually where it's stored, and then you're getting the link to where it's stored. If the person then doesn't pay, just say they have it with Amazon or they have a, a a Dropbox that's, say, so many terabytes with all the different things they're doing, and then they don't pay it no more, it goes. Your NFT then disappears. Right. So 
the way the way the uh, I see what you're saying there. So there's a lot of different ways you can attack an NFT. So like the one that you bought, you bought. Thank you, by the way. I saw that. And to so be honest got- with you, it like like I I have to tell people about it because like sometimes you buy something and this obviously people are familiar with the board ape. I don't get the board ape to be honest, but then again, it's like some people collect Nike Air and different things like that. So everyone to their own. But you were giving I, I have it written down like I mean I've looked at a lot of the stuff there and it, like there's 12 songs and Painful was one. I, a very good song, actually. I didn't get a chance to listen to all of them, but Painful is a very good song. Like, thank even you. if it was just one song. But, I mean, I've got the album. I've got the videos. A Thank You, which was a real heartfelt message as well that included. So I got all these different things. Some of your podcast. It, it's okay to, to say, because I, it's actually on the thing. It tells you what you're getting anyway. So that's why, yeah, I mentioned it all. Like, the positive affirmation videos, which I love because... I know they work, you know, it's like you just have, and just to listen to that. And it's not something that was like a few seconds. Like it's a long, it's like uh, the first one was like half an hour and very nice as well. You know, with, with you playing the saxophone and as well as talking, which is fantastic. So there's, there's more stuff. There's a lyrics book. There's, it was excellent utilities that you get with what you've, your NFT. Yes. So Back to my point. So there's a lot of ways to attack that. The creator of the NFT has to have good intentions for their customer. So as you can see, I added the utility. You got the NFT, but along with the NFT, you got unlockable content. Some people just, they sell you an NFT. All it is is a JPEG. That's all you get. Exactly. And, And the JPEG gets you in the door in places. I could do that and still give utility like I did, which I'm doing. <laughs> so it's all about your intentions and how you use the the utility of what you can do with NFTs. There's more than one way to use the technology. They'll, so you got the, the album bundle NFT, but I have other NFTs where it's just a song. All you get is like a... Um, a little animation and the music, and people are happy with that. But I like to give different choices. I like to treat it like a like I'm an Amazon store, I'm a Spotify, I'm a uh, Shopify store, but I'm using NFTs as the medium of the payment processor. So not only can I do uh, utility and give you unlockable content, not only can I do uh, JPEGs, I have those. I can do music. I can also do services. This is something that I'm experimenting with. And a lot of people, I've done this for a few people, like freelancer work. As a freelancer, I will, if you have a record that you want me to play saxophone on, I'll. you can hire me and get that service from me just by buying the NFT. The NFT then turns into your receipt for the service that I am rendering you. And then once the service is complete, you can then resell that service to the next person who wants the service. 
Now that does but, two... but but with 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 that. So just say, like, just say it's a five minute song or something like. Just we keep it simple. We you know it could be a thousand, but we'll say it's a hundred bucks. Keep it easy for everybody, and they they buy that that you create say a happy birthday song. Let's just call it something like that. And you say it's specifically somebody playing the saxophone, and then you're singing over it or something like that, right? So then you create that. They've got their value, but if they sell it on, then you're you're only getting the ten percent. You're not getting the hundred again. Well, that's the power of doing the smart contracts. So with this particular NFT, when they sell it on, I get fifty percent. Ah, beautiful. <laughs> okay, I love it. Yeah, because now you've got affiliates working for you. Yeah, yeah. Brilliant. So I love that. I I can get. I can adjust the royalty rate. It can be 10%. And that's why I love using the variable marketplace because they allow you a lot of flexibility. Uh, I don't know if you can do so much with OpenSea. OpenSea is great for like big collections, but for uh, independent creators who are really artists, variable is beautiful. Yeah. So I can adjust it 50% royalty rate. So when that guy sells the service to somebody else, he has to think, okay, I spent, maybe I spent a hundred for Shadow to play saxophone for me. So I need to go sell this for, you know, $200, right? To get my money back. He gets a hundred, I get a hundred. Works. Excellent. And with, say, the one that I got then, I mean, I'm not going to sell it on because I just, you know, it's one. If that's sold on, then obviously the royalties, you get the the 10%, say, royalties. But do all the utilities come with it, with it as well for the next buyer, say, if it was sold on? Yes. Okay. The, the way it's set up, just how you bought the album bundle, the description tells you all the instructions of how the NFT will work. And so with the services that I tell, I'll outline what you get when you buy it, how to contact me, what to send me. And I tell you the, the time frame or how long it's going to take me to do the recording for you. And then once that's done, once you get your recordings, once you get your thing, you got your service. There's no reason for you to keep it anymore. And I, I tell fans and customers, hey, this is the only NFT for this service, so you need to pay it forward. You, you, you should sell it to the next guy who wants the service So because there's only one. So, And that also increases the value of what I do. That makes what I, what I do more valuable because uh, supply and demand, there's only one NFT for this service. Yeah. And the reason that I mentioned about the utility is there was another one that I was bidding on OpenSea before, and the utility was for an event that passed. And when somebody bought it, they basically, there was a lot of, there was like three tickets and there was a five lifetime memberships or something. But you did, it was written so bad. You didn't know, did the person use it or not? So you could have been paying a lot of money for something that you would never use, just a picture, for, you know, and it was the utility that had the value, but the, the contract was done so bad that you didn't know. So I love the way you've actually described it, the way you're actually telling it, because you're you're letting people know as they search it and go through it what exactly they're getting in the whole process. And 
like this is a very big company that done what I'm talking about, you know, multi, multi million pound company, and they didn't do that. Sounds like they still are trying to understand the technology. Sounds like they just got in, so they still don't understand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I well, I, I love I love the way that you're you're actually doing. So with the process, the, like the the one that you done, what what's it called again? Right, uh, what's the name? Rarity is it? Rarity. Rareable. Rareable. What what percentage do they charge? Because uh, is it two and a half? Is a uh, open sea? Yeah. Yeah, it's two and a half. Two okay, and a half which is fair enough, like, you know, because obviously, you know, they have to host it. and So that's a fair enough fee. Like, I mean, I, I mean, your credit card processing is more than that. So I think people are happy enough. So the whole process then of actually adding it on, is it straightforward or is this complex? Like for those artists, other artists out there that might be considering this. So to add on, so when you say add all, you need to put your to create your the whole song. thing, like like what you've done basically, because you put up the graphic, but then you've had all these di- di- different uh, utilities that you've done. Okay, so it depends how you do it. The easiest way is just to put up a as a music artist. The easiest one to do without a whole lot of complication is you know Ethereum network or Tezos network and Rarible makes it really easy. You upload an MP3 file and that becomes the the actual file that the smart contract ties to for the NFT. And then it'll ask you to upload a cover art, like an album cover or painting or something. And that'll be like your preview. And then once you do that, you set your price. You set whether it's going to be, uh, you know, a limited edition. You like if you want to have a hundred copies or ten copies, then you put the. Uh, you can add notes like I did, description, and then after you're done with all that, you just hit mint. You pay the gas fees, and it's up there. Just that simple. And when you do say one of one thousand, say you're just paying it once, and then it's the person buying it then pays the actual gas fees for each purchase. Yeah, is that the way it is? That's how it works. Yep. Yeah. Okay. okay. Oh, excellent. And I mean, yeah, I mean, like, I I think we've covered it all for those with the artists and everything, because like I'm assuming you can offer the service as well as helping people, but. Is there any downside or anything that you've kind of come across that like buyer beware because there's so much, I mean, I've seen lots of bots in the open sea and lots of people driving it up and just then bailing out and stuff like that. Have you spotted anything for people to kind of be cautious of? Yeah. So I've been, I've been burned quite a bit. I've been rugged from uh, investing. I tried to buy other uh, NFT projects, cryptocurrency projects, and it's the same with cryptocurrencies as it is with NFTs. If the if the creators don't have a good long-term plan for the project, the value is going to go down. That's with cryptocurrencies and NFTs. So if you can see that the creator of the NFT, they have like a roadmap 
uh, they need to have a website, a separate website from the marketplace. Uh, for instance, with me, I did that research. When I got burned the first time, I learned, I was like, okay, good projects have their own website outside of social media links and marketplace. So they're going to spend the money to actually get their own domain and house all the information about their NFT project on their own site. So that's what I, I went and did the same thing because I want to have credibility for my art. I want to I want to be uh, official, you know, and verified and authentic. So I have shadowmusic.com forward slash NFT. You can check, you can check and do your due diligence on me. But if they don't have that, if they don't have at least their own website, their project's probably going to fail. And the NFT that you bought, if they, especially if they, they start out with a high price at first, they're going to take the money and run because they were just trying to get a money grab. Now, if you see an NFT that starts at a really low price first, that's a good sign that the creators are thinking long-term because they want to have a profit margin for their fans to take advantage of if they choose to resell. So, for instance, if something is like super cheap, like the, the NFT you bought from me, it's like, a dollar. <laughs> I was it's, shocked beyond, but I yeah. get it. Is it like get what you're doing? Yeah. My whole thinking was, okay, I'm an independent artist. How can I give value? How can I make customers happy? And how can I help them spread the word about me? I need to. I need to offer tons of value. What they say, under promise, over deliver, right? Yeah. That's what I've done. So I want you to take the value. I, I totally understand. Once you download everything from the NFT, all the files, it's eight gigs of stuff. Once you download it, it's on your hard drive. You keep it forever. Now you can go resell it for a higher price. And I want you to do that. I want to reward the fans who got in early because I don't see any other artist doing that much value for that cheap of a price. No, no. And, and just, just on that, actually, and sorry to interject, but basically because I'm promoting this and I'm trying to build it, I'm doing a lot of uh, investing in this crypto. Like a lot of people are checking out what I'm doing. And I'm not just talking about me, but you'll have a thousand people that are, you know, there's all different levels that are buying this. So there's a lot of people will actually see this. They go into my NFT page. They'll see that. They'll click, which in turn gives you a lot more exposure. And then people are actually checking out your other stuff. So I totally get what you're doing. I think it's, it's brilliant marketing. Right. And I actually have a roadmap. I have, I'm not just trying to take your money. I have plans. I want to use the, the monies that are raised from selling NFTs to create more. I want to create applications for your smartphone that work for music. I want to do more things. I want to do live events. 
I want to do more. I have a a thought, a well thought out plan that is there that you can read for yourself. And this is like a buyer beware to people. Any NFT project should have something like that. If they don't run a good NFT project, they're going to have a roadmap of stuff they want to do, like a business plan. If they, if any business doesn't have a business plan, it's not going to work. Same thing goes for NFTs. Same thing goes for cryptocurrency. If the cryptocurrency project, whoever's launching the cryptocurrency, if they don't have a good roadmap or they don't have a good white paper or a roadmap, run. It's the same with NFTs. And they need to have their own website. So these are some of the things that uh, your listeners can can hold in on and check and do due diligence on, you know, other than just having a Discord, because that's another trick. A lot of NFT projects, they say, oh, we got a Discord, and they'll get you with that. But just having a Discord is still not enough. You still need to offer value. And I think as well, because uh, I've seen so many fraudulence going on, and it, you know, it, it drives me, you know, my other podcast exposes all fraud and corruption. It's like, if we kind of full transparency. So if I went into you, I can see your Facebook. I can see you're fully transparent and you can see all the stuff. I can go back and see what you're at. Whereas a lot of these guys, whether it's the crypto or the NFT, sometimes you don't know who they are or they might just have a little one picture of, you know, a motivational thing or something like that, but it's not them. You don't know who they are. And that's, that's when you kind of know. It's like those that give you everything. Like to be, I'm, I'm creating, we're doing a digital art and photography and it's been developed and we have our, our website. I've got fantastic domains for it. It's been developed that it's like a museum you go into, you go in and you can walk around the digital art and the photography. But the beauty of that is the people that want to resell, they get to resell it in that for nothing is because we're getting the royalty and also just to show other people because sometimes people just want to look so they could do like the VR or actually just on the computer scrolling around. But I'm fully transparent. Everything I do, I'm on LinkedIn, I'm on everywhere. You can see me totally. I'm totally transparent. And I think that's the difference. It's like the scammers, they can never do that. Right, right. Another thing that you'll notice on good projects are they actively promoting? Do they give up after launch? Because they'll do a, a big, huge promotion. They usually got celebrities and connections or whatever they get all the way to launch. And then after launch, if they sell out at launch, watch what they do after launch. Are they still actively promoting the project? If they just fall off and they stop promoting, that's another bad sign. Yeah. They should still promote consistently over and over again because uh, that shows their credibility and that also adds value for all their buyers because if the project founders continue to promote, that makes it easier for the people who bought the NFTs to resell because the the founders are doing their job. They're treating this like a business and you continue to promote. You don't stop after launch. You continue to promote. If you see them doing that, that's a very good sign. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. Listen, Shadow, thoroughly enjoyed our conversation. You might let people know where they can find you. Absolutely. You can find me on all social medias, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, at Shadow Music is my handle. So that's spelled S-H-A-D-D-O-W-M-U-S-I-C. You can find that handle across all social media platforms. Reach out to me. You know, give me a holler. Shout at me. Let me know something. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah, I make sure I put the, all the links both on the audio and the video. Thank you very much. All right. Thank you, sir. That's all for the Crypto Podcast. You'll find all our episodes on CryptoPodcast.org. As mentioned, we're on BitChute and YouTube. Sure to give us a thumbs up, five-star rating, and follow Shadow's music. It's very good. Until next week, take care.